This is the unofficial kickoff. No, this isn't the unofficial kickoff. Let me let me rephrase that. This is the official kickoff to season three. We, we're now doing this for three seasons. That means that there's enough people out there listening to this podcast, all five of them, to make it worth doing. It's not really five. It's it's mu- it's much more than five, actually. But you know, how that's does that great. make you feel? It's great. I think that's wonderful. Like, yeah, we're like. 60 some episodes right some crazy thing like i think that? i was just trying to count like i, I couldn't find a, I a hundred isn't too too far out of the no big party for that one yeah that'll be a our big spectacular. yeah yeah listeners in the audience some live event yeah and who knows we we're, we're working on other aspects i, I have to figure out I'll, I'll discuss with you after the show but um it's an yeah. exciting time to be able to listen to the podcast Anyways, and that podcast name is Stuff Summer Says with Steve. With Steve, Steve, we have a great show today, as always. Um, why don't Why do I sound like I have my NPR voice on today? <laughs> um, okay, we are going to discuss the Big Ten media deal, uh, the Pat McAfee megacast, and then we are going to spend a decent chunk of this podcast talking about Penn State football's upcoming season, mainly because we have some guests coming up which I'm excited about. So I think this is kind of the makes the most sense point of the year to, to chat about it. Um, we also cool. have, we also have a new podcast family member. To That's true too. Uh, and That's we'll true. get to that. And old guy, young guy, I'm, I'm excited to hear about this. We've already chatted and you've already sent me not enough pictures and videos, not enough. So yeah, it's an old guy, young guy thing. I don't, I'm not, I'm not smooth enough to get the stuff I need to get when it's happening. You'll work Somebody out. younger would be all over it. I'll get you an Instagram for him. Exactly. All right, you ready? I'm ready. Yes, sir. Um, so the big news is while the white smoke hasn't technically started pluming out of the chapel yet, uh, it appears that there is a new Big Ten media deal, pretty much signed, sealed, not quite delivered. Uh, that deal, according to sportsbusinessjournal.com, uh, includes uh, CBS and NBC getting uh, at least a game each, uh, primarily the 330 um, slot probably most likely going to CBS and then the NBC game going to uh, primetime. So that, that would be the big primetime game of the week couple of things of note there's no clear figure but it looks like it's going to be for those two components and remember fox has pretty much already said we're we're doing this uh it's going to be a combined 700 million per year um so we're probably looking at a 1.1 million uh maybe or um, not million 1.1 million billion let's be with a billion dr evil um and then, you know, we'll see what the Fox deal shakes out because they're supposed to have, you know, basically 50% of the, the rights to the games. Um, there's obviously a lot to talk about and break down in all of this. I think the biggest thing we have to talk about first, though, 
is kind of this line right here, which is ESPN has carried Big Ten football games since 1982, which is only, what, three years after ESPN started as a company? Yeah, yeah. I think that's the biggest, most interesting change to me when this first came out. In a weird way, even though three networks kind of have the Big Ten package and then basically one network's going to have the SEC package, it kind of feels like how Fox has the um, NFC uh, home games and uh, or away games and CBS has the uh, AFC away games. Uh, that was kind of my gut feeling on, on that. I don't know if you had any thoughts there. Yeah, I, I think the ESPN thing can be oversold, but it's big. I mean, I don't know what else they've had for almost its whole existence except for three years. I mean, it's been there almost from the start. And I think that's important. And I do think it it's a matter, it's relevant. They won't shut them out the way they shut out the NHL or the things they don't hold. Because if, if Ohio State's in the top five team, they're going to be showing Ohio State highlights. And game day will still show up at Big Ten locations. But, you know, I mean, and they'll have with USC and UCLA coming in, they're, they're going to have, there's going to be all kinds of relevance there for, for ESPN. But there's just a relationship there that, it does bring a little more attention to the league, I, to the conference, I think. Um, CBS is that that three thirty slot seemed like a, a a no brainer. I mean, when they lost the SEC, it felt like they would they would have to jump in and find something to fill that slot. It's college football; it's going to make sense for them. NBC at night. I mean, there's a lot to like about it. I don't know that I dislike much about it, but it would have been nice to have ESPN still have a part. But it's a valuable commodity, and, it, and it's not a not a value that ESPN wanted to pay to to remain in the game. You just kind of calmed me down there a little bit because that was my first initial reaction was, oh no, it's going to end up like the NHL back when in 2005 when NBC got the deal um, and the ESPN did not cover any, literally any NHL hockey until they got it back this season. Um, but then I kind of, like you said, I, I kind of sat down and thought about it. Number one, there's going to be, you know, Pac-12, the occasional Pac-12 um, Big Ten game. There's going to be the occasional SEC Big Ten game. Then you have all of bowl season and who controls like what all but maybe two of the bowl games ESPN. So ESPN is not going to be able to not talk about these games. Also, they've gone to look at how many times they've gone to the ACE, or I'm sorry, the SEC championship game or a big SEC game that was on CBS or a Notre Dame game that was on NBC. Uh, point blank you're right like i think again the, the playoff is going to control everything here and ultimately i think you'll see maybe a little bit less talk um on like maybe something like sports center uh about the big 10 but let's be honest steve like how many people are actually watching the sports sports center the same way we are we used to watch sports center right you know? and i think in terms of the game day and i mean i think game day is a more legitimate source of college football coverage than Fox's, you know, big big noon Saturday, big noon show. I mean, it just, it just is. It, it, there's less. Fox feels like it has an agenda to to cover its teams more so than ESPN does, and I don't think that'll change. I think that's in ESPN's DNA. Despite all the ESPN haters that are out there, I think Game Day will pretty consistently remember remain what it is. And if Penn State's in a relevant spot where they should be on, it'll show up. 
Um, I mean, that said, you know, is the whiteout against Minnesota less sexy than the whiteout against Ohio State, right? And they could have a loss or two by that time this year. And, it, and if that's the case and they don't show up for the whiteout, people might say, oh, it's, it's the start of the thing. Well, no, it just might be the start of Penn State having a couple losses by then and the opponent not being, you know, as what somebody else thought in the atmosphere of the game, not being as big, you know, for a neutral observer. Yeah, I think that's there's going to be little things like that that might be different. Um, but I mean, there's good SC, there, there's good SEC games every weekend. There's good Big Ten games every weekend. But there's probably an equal number of great SEC or great Big Ten games every weekend that they kind of pretty much have the pick to. I mean, it, in general, I, I don't know about you, but it doesn't seem like game day really ever wants to go out to the Pac-12 country. You've got kind of your your dead set giveaways of Army Navy. Um, you know, you've got some of those other games that you know usually Alabama Auburn they'll they'll end up at or you know the cocktail party. Um, but other than that, like there aren't they've always done it in a matter of we want to go to the whatever the most important game is in the college football landscape this weekend. And I don't think that's going to change. They've done that through the red river rivalry being on fox um they've done that with you know army navy is a perfect example that i mean that game is the only game that day in college football they could just say meh we don't we don't care i mean obviously it's a little bit different because it's the troops but um yeah i i think espn has shown time and time again that they want to go um i do wonder about things like their written stuff that was that was a big area with the nhl like they kind of had and then kind of didn't have and then kind of had again i wonder if that will be as consistent um i don't think that there's a espn beat writer for penn state anymore i think it's more so just adam rittenberg covering the big 10 type thing um so i think that's probably going to stay the same um maybe they're not just pushing those stories as hard, I think is, is the best. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see that differentiation happening. Wouldn't shock me. But I think in terms of game day, which matters, and I think finding the games on TV matters much less now than it did in 2007 when the Big Ten Network launched. Like when the Big Ten Network launched and nobody had it and nobody knew where to find it, like that was a thing. With streaming services now and the way people find games, it's just much easier to find games. And and, and realistically, <laughs> the, the the channel they're not going to have in, in the new in endeavor is anything that ends up on Fox Sports One, right, or whatever. That's not the Fox main Fox. Like right. if there's a game there, otherwise CBS and NBC. This is a better deal for Penn State fans in terms of access if the team's good enough to end up on the, in those games. Right. Um, let's let's go there. Uh, let's discuss CBS and NBC having this. I am more interested. I, I think the CBS thing just makes sense in terms, of, like you said, like I pretty much expected the C CBS to get one of these games when the SEC said we're not going to be on there. Um, to me, though, the bigger deal is, is the NBC deal. Number one, what are they going to do with Notre Dame? does Notre Dame start thinking about joining the conference more if, if they've got this great relationship with NBC and they can say, Hey, you know, you've got Michigan, Michigan state, um, USC, you know, and if they say they added Stanford, 
Um, that would be kind of their, you know, four of their five core rivalries that they have. Plus they have Purdue. Um, they share a trophy with Purdue. Um, and then, you know, I think the only other one that's really not in there is Navy. Um, that's the only other team that I think they play every year. Um, and I don't even think they play Purdue every year, but to me, like, like I said, like, I, I think this is more interesting. Does Notre Dame now go to the three thirty slot a lot, which they're usually in that they never really have the primetime game. I think they only have like one primetime game or maybe two per year. Right. But, and it's usually like one on NBC and then the other one is whoever else gets them once yeah. to play in primetime when yeah. it's not an NBC game. Um, so I, I think maybe that's what happens. I want what I want as a big 10 fan, not just a Penn state fan, but a big 10 fan is for NBC to give it the Sunday night football treatment. They have made Sunday night football into the end of the week event that you have to tune in and watch. It's the biggest game. It's the most important game of the week. I think that's the same thing that needs to happen for this to really stick and, and kind of be taken advantage of by the big 10. And I think that's, certainly something they discussed during the meetings, right? Like, how are you going to treat it, right? In terms of the discussions. And from NBC's standpoint, it they should. It's, it's a logical way with one game to jump in and own a big portion of college football because they're going to have the last big, meaningful game of the night, except for some game on the West Coast. And they'll be able to frame what's happened that week in college football if they want to. They'll be able to make it important and special if they want to. And I, the networks have learned that in the what, 10 years since Saturday Night Football has been back on ESPN and ABC, like for, for a long time, people didn't think, network executives didn't think people would watch college football games on Saturday night. And, and that's why games played in the afternoon and nobody went there. And then when ABC started bringing it back and the numbers were good, like, oh, okay, we should do that. And, and this is NBC's chance to do that in a way that will be they could be meaningful. And then they, they'll pair it with the post-game stuff on Peacock and some, some post-game stuff on their own show, some pre-game stuff on Peacock probably too. I, I think it will get that treatment. I guess I'd be surprised if it doesn't because they can do it with a relatively, I mean, it's going to be a big investment anyway, but it's not going to be a heavy lift to make one game seem super special and kind of tie in the, the, the day in the sport overall. I think the interesting thing to me is that Fox still wants the A package. Um, basically, I think that basically means that they're just going to get first pick. I think probably NBC is going to get second pick. So if assuming Fox picks, you know, the, the, the um, Ohio state Michigan game, which that game's virtually always going to be at noon, just because some of the roles that are around that game and people getting drunk, uh, basically, <laughs> um, you know, I think that, kind of is important for Penn state fans. Cause probably the number two game in the, the big 10 is the Penn state mission or I'm sorry, Penn state, Ohio state game. Um, especially if that's a home game for Penn state. Um, Cause usually that's the whiteout. So I think that's interesting. Um, I'm, I feel like CBS has the toughest job here. I feel like they're going to have to be the one that, that really does the biggest sell here. Yeah, because they're gonna they're not gonna be getting the, an A game every week in that time slot. Yeah, you know, I mean, the conference is good enough that the third pick is going to be interesting, but it's not going to be Alabama Auburn ever in that in terms of that level, or Alabama LSU, or you know, pick any number of games. It's just not going to be. But and CBS drew so well in terms of ratings in the South. I mean, not that the ESPN is going to pick that up on the side, but I it'll be interesting to see if they see the same numbers 
in the Midwest and viewers there across the country, even in the East, as they did in the South. Because those numbers on CBS's SEC games were, you know, were just always crazy. And, and the usually top 10 markets were always like south of the Mason Dixon line. Right. Yeah. Usually legitimately every TV in the Birmingham market, like it was like a score of a hundred was like, because every TV was turned on or if it wasn't a hundred, it was like pretty close because all of the other people that didn't have their TVs on were at somebody else's t- TV. Right. Watching and no matter who was playing, you know, that was yeah. the thing. Um, and, you know, I think CBS has always done a good job. Like I've always enjoyed the CBS broadcast. I'm kind of bummed as a Penn State fan that you won't get to hear Vern Lindquist do, do a game. Yep. Um, that would be my big thing. But other than that, like I, I'm interested to see how CBS kind of handles all of this. Um, I think who the talent is, I think across yeah. the board will be interesting. Yeah, I think two quick thoughts I had. Um, one of them is a quick thought, and then the other one's a little bit of rant discussion point. Uh, the the rant or the quick thought is, I'm super fascinated to see if the Big Ten allows post November. I'm sorry, November one and on night games now they're kind of sort of going to have to if if this deal is shaking out the way it's supposed to um because maybe you have maybe you focus more in on the warmer warmer clients you know uh, now that you have two california schools you have two you know you've got maryland and rutgers i mean it can get cold at rutgers it, it it doesn't get it's cold in maryland but although now i'm Thinking about that, and I'm like, who the hell wants to watch that in prime time? Right. Um, but yeah, I but think there's that's a line my... in there about that. There's a line in there about the schools in one of the deals reporting of it about like post November first that there's an option there, but they have to check with the schools first once we get to that point in the calendar. Like mm-hmm. up until that point, there it's it's Fox's decision. After that, they have to confer with the schools. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Um. I missed that. That's a good, that was a good catch. Um, the other thing that's going to be mildly annoying, not mildly, but I, 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 I think about our Linda and Bob age 78 and 76 at this point from York PA trying to get a Peacock subscription or getting their Peacock subscription to work. A lot of Pennsylvania doesn't have, like, I think the Philly part of the state has Comcast, but a lot of the, the rest of PA does not have comcast it's you know so that's going to be interesting people are going to probably have to shell out for a random ass game that ohio game this year i that, that's a perfect example of a game that might end up on peacock or the central michigan game right um, or they'll be going to visit somebody that has it or they'll be going to a, a restaurant or something yeah that's the one place that's kind of like the big 10 network was 15 years ago whatever it is now it'll be fascinating to see if those games will have higher attendance than maybe previously in history because that would be those are all virtually going to be home big 10 non-conference games um but they're just going to be against you know blah 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 college um okay my longer rant that i want to discuss with all of this uh my biggest gripe with all of this and this is not really directed at any one reporter because it just hasn't come out yet. And I'm sure it will. Um, One of the things that I love about my ESPN plus subscription is now I can watch whatever sport I want to watch in the ACC, whatever sport I want to watch mainly in the, mostly in the PAC 12 and whatever sport I want to watch in the SEC, you know, where I can't do that in big 10 country, 
And you know why? Because there's that stupid big 10 plus that costs like $9,000 a month that I'm not paying for. (laughs) And I'm wondering like, where does the like spinning bottle end up? You know, does it end up on that big 10 plus God help us all if it does. Cause that rant that day that that happens, the Twitter rant that I'm going to send is going to be ferocious. I think maybe Peacock like makes a lot, a little bit of sense just because if we're going to have to have Peacock to watch football, why not put everything else there? Um, I just really hope that this is something the big 10 is thinking about wants to do and sees as a legitimate way to make money because I would, I would tune in far more frequently than I do to a Penn state hockey game right now, or um, even Penn state baseball games. Look, the Penn state lacrosse games that end up there, um, you know, especially that time of year when you've got kind of nothing going on on a Saturday. Um, so that, that's kind of my other spicy hot take rant. Yeah. I don't, I, I think you're right. Like I, it'll, yes, I agree. Thank you, Stu. <laughs> this is why, I, this is why I have this podcast with you. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, let's see. Moving on. Um, Steve, do you have anything else you want to add about the Big Ten deal before I move us on? No, I'm I'm wondering why it's not done done yet. I, I think that's yeah, I think that's weird. Me, you know, whether there's a Notre Dame thing. I mean, I hope they're not going to throw in two more schools at this point. I don't know what T's they're waiting to to cross and I's, you know, they're gonna dot that they don't already know. So I think we we know most of it, but I, I'll, there's probably a piece or two out there once it's finalized that'll be interesting to see and it will be nice to know, have some sense of why it's taken. I appreciate it. it's complicated. Um, it just seems like it was coming and it was coming and it's still not here. Yeah, I I think I think you're right. Like I think I agree with that. Like I there's either something we're not getting, maybe ESPN's still like, please. Um, but that would be weird given everything that's been reported. I don't, yeah, I don't think it's that. I just think there's whether it's uh, maybe it is getting somebody else just to sign off and whatever, whatever. Maybe it is figuring out some little pieces of who's going to select games when, games when, and windows. And I'm sure as you do this, you go through scenarios. You know, you look at schedules. You look at not the future schedules aren't going to change, but you kind of look at some future schedules and say, okay, well, what is what does this week look like if we were to have this model? So maybe there's some of that they still want to kind of figure out. But if it's not done by the start of the season, I guess I'd be shocked. I'm just surprised surprised right now only that it hasn't happened. Well, and Notre Dame's not going to, who knows, maybe, maybe Notre Dame does want in and they're just not announcing it because they don't want to, they want Notre Dame in and they don't want Notre Dame doesn't want it to be a distraction a week and a half before football season starts. That's true too. That's a, that's a deep conspiracy theory that I have right now. Just made it up. (laughs) I'll go to stuff summary says anon. Um, all right, cool. All right, now we're moving on. Moving on. Um, the interesting little tidbit that came out and kind of sort of goes a little bit hand in hand uh, with the TV news uh, is Pat McAfee and Peyton Manning are teaming up with the Omaha Productions um, venture to do a McAfee cast on ESPN2 during, I think it is, let's see, six, 
six college football games this season, um, and it'll be on ESPN two. You have to would would have to assume it's probably going to be a primetime game. Um, one would think if the Minnesota game is at night, that might be one of the games that, that gets um, you know selected for that. Uh, Steve, I, I, we talked about this before. I, I don't listen to Pat McAfee not during the football season. Like I, I try to listen to other things during this point of the year, but probably next week I'll, I'll tune back into him. And every time I listen to him, I, I thoroughly enjoy every, every second I laugh. He's got actually very good interviews. Um, he, you know, has the little bit of a, a jock uh, class clown mentality, but I think, when you actually pay attention to what he says, he has some very smart ideas. I'm excited about this. Like, I think I will definitely try to make this appointment television much in the way I made the Manning cast appointment television um, a couple of times last season. It may depend more on the matchup for me than it does the Manning cast. Like, I can watch the Manning cast any week as long as the Steelers aren't playing the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Pat and Pat McAfee, not that he's not a hard worker because he is – busting his butt in terms of his schedule with the radio show and, and the podcast and, and now doing the wrestling stuff and whatever else he's traveling, he's doing stuff. This is a great addition for, for Peyton Manning's brand. It's great for Mac because I think it'll be a fun, different way to look at college football. Six of them is just enough. So there's not going to be an oversaturation. I mean, I think there's a point you couldn't do the whole season because it, it would just be too much for them. Six will be enough of a taste that, that they'll probably hit some different conferences and hit some different kinds of games. And yeah, he's 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 not disarming and he's not charming, but he's somewhere in there that Yinzer bro football player thing works for him. You know, it's different. It's who he is. It doesn't feel like it's a put on. It feels a little heavy sometimes. So maybe we're ex- extending who we are to you know really accentuate it. But I think it'll play well. I, I think people who like him will watch. I think the numbers will be won't be overwhelming, but they'll be decent. And it's not a super expensive production. So, because they're probably going to go to a game that ESPN or ABC already has, right? Right. Or, or do it. They may not right. be there even. They may just do it like the Brad Manning's do from a game they already have. So you just, you're producing it with some different camera angles. Um, yeah. And, and they'll do the guest thing. I mean, six is enough to bring in guests as they did with the Mannings and make that work. Guests from the teams and whatever else that are involved and other NFL or college football officials or whoever they want to get, you know, personalities. So yeah, I think it's I think it's a home run of an idea. Yeah, I I like him. I, I think let me ask you this because this is like a mid episode old guy young guy. You are not his target demographic. Like you really aren't. You're it's more so people my age. They want. I mean, the whole reason why Fanduel sponsors his show is so that people my age sign up for an account and start losing their money on sports gambling. Correct. Um, be honest. Do you enjoy him? Do you like watching him? Or is it just you happen to know who he is because you have a, a fascination with me with sports media? No, I, I like him probably not as much as his demographic does, but I like him much better than Jim Rome because I feel it's authentic and I feel like <laughs> he's from Pennsylvania. So there's a little bit of commonality there. There's a little bit of blue collar there. Um, I like him a lot better than some, some other national options during the day that I could listen in on. Um, I'm not a fan with any show of the whole, everybody's laughing, ha, 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 together, kind of like talking over stuff segments. That's just not 
where I'm at. I mean, I don't want some intellectual craziness, but I, that part of it doesn't work for me. But I think he is who he is. I think it's not a put on. I, I think I like him better than Colin Cowherd, who's been doing it for 20 years. And I'm still not sure that the guy who when the light comes on is who the guy really is, you know, that kind of stuff. I think you kind of hit on it there a little bit, but what I like about him is it does not feel like a sports talk radio show. It feels like people sitting down talking about sports. Right. In a, in a, not necessarily in a manner how I would talk about sports, but in a non show offy manner, it's a like, like he does this a lot with other sports, like, like hockey, for example, like he wholeheartedly admits that he does not know much about hockey, but he'll have NHL players on just, just because and he's asking very good questions that, you know, maybe the media wouldn't ask about at that, like an NHL media or NHL radio show wouldn't ask about that, that point of the year. Yeah. Cause it comes from a place of genuine curiosity. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. I, and I think that's what the part, that's one of the parts that makes it good. Um, I think there's a couple, more than a couple good parts about it. Obviously it works. So, and for me, it's almost, it's also kind of a focus group, right? Cause I am not the target audience to, to check in on the, to check in on the show and listen and see what, what I'm missing, right? Like what the youths are up to. What the youths are thinking, right? Exactly. <laughs> uh, and I think the other thing for me is like I don't know, coward and Rome. Rome cracks me up just because he's like so over the top. Um, in the way that like, I've started to like actually enjoy Stephen A. because he's so over the top. Um, but like Colin Coward feels like every like if you were to like pick from central casting the stereotypical sports talk radio guy that's that's exactly what colin coward is and he's done a great job i mean coming from the northwest and making the espn opportunity work um i mean i went to see him live when the steelers won the super bowl in in uh, tampa right and we had an alum amanda gifford from penn state who was his producer at the time so i went down i think i did a story on him i think i went down and interviewed him between you know on the set between segments watched the show and, you know, all the talking points, all the right stuff, there's just points where there, again, like I said, it's, it feels like the light goes on and, and Guy Smiley's there, you know, doing sports. And, and I don't know that that's exactly who he is in real life. And there's so much that's fake about sports and sports broadcasting sometimes that you just, I'd like my sports talk stuff to be genuine mm-hmm. or at least mm-hmm. feel genuine. Even if I'm being, even if I'm being sold, I want to, I'm going to be smarter than me and outsell me. Okay. Um, so yeah, look out for that this football season. Uh, are you over this whole, like, like there was the Michael K and uh, A-Rod, pot, A-Rod cast the other night. Um, you know, the Manning cast is good and I really like the Manning cast. Uh, I kind of got tired of the Manning cast. Like it was, it was good and it was interesting at first and it still was good and interesting towards the end, but it's just kind of like maybe the novelty wore off a little bit on me. I'm excited for it again this time, but are you, are you like, yeah, I don't know what else the next ones are going to be. Like there's only a few of these that really work. McAfee should be one of them. Yeah. You know, a rod and uh, no, like I I just, no, I just wasn't, I didn't, again, we talked about not needing to see more golf a couple weeks ago. I don't need to see more baseball the same way twice. Like I want to (laughs) watch who the broadcasters are and go from there. Um, I think McAfee's a rarity in maybe not the level of Manning thing was, but it'll be close, especially on a limited basis with six games. And, but I'm sure everybody's looking for different ways to do that. Like, again, it's the same cameras. It's one more producer and one more little studio. It's just the mega cast from, from the national championship game, just in a different way. So if they can make it work somewhere, they, they will. 
Um, it wouldn't shock me that something like that would be part of a big game. Not, not that NBC is going to do it, but maybe there's something on Peacock, right? Like when they do their, uh -huh. their big games on Saturday night, maybe there's a coach's thing. Maybe there's a whatever. Because why not? If some people consume it and then you generate from those kinds of shows, you generate social media content, depending on what they have to say, and, and, and stuff gets legs in addition to the game itself. I think a coach's show, like the coach's room during the the playoff uh, mega cast, like uh, that's very appealing to me as someone who tr wants to learn more about football constantly, like learn more what and truly understand. Cause I didn't play football. So I don't like even my cousins I was talking to this weekend who do play football. Like they're saying all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, uh, touchdown, you know, like, a, <laughs> and, and I think for those to be really good, I mean, they were unique when they first did them. It depends on who the coaches are and it depends on who the moderator is to pull some stuff out of coach mm -hmm. to be able to say, what did you think of that decision? You know, what, what is he looking at on the, on his sheet now at third and goal when they, they missed twice on runs, you know, would you be thinking Pat, you know, what's on your sheet? Like what's your mix of run pass on, on your sheet? Right. And, I, and they'll say what well, differs by game, but yeah, you know, finding ways to pull that stuff out of the coaches and those kind of things or who the guests are is, is really important. And it's a tough skill. Um, so that's what makes those shows. I think success in any level that they have it elusive too, because it requires, it requires somebody to be that person. All right, cool. All right, we are going to do our semi-rapid Penn State football preview. I'm sure that we will discuss this for oodles and oodles on end over the next probably two weeks. We've got a couple good guests. I don't want to, I don't want to give any away, but we do have our first-time, two-time guests coming up. Um, I'm, excited, I'm excited about that one. Uh, I'm sure you probably can guess who it is if you know Steve or I. Um, all right. Steve, you're going. I my flights are booked. The hotel is booked. Do you need to get the rental car situation figured out? But the Penn State football season kicks off on a Thursday night in West Lafayette, Indiana. Um overall, let's 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 do it this way. What is your feeling going into the season? What is your barometer for success this season? And what does a disastrous season look like? My feeling going in is that they should be decent. Okay. To maybe good. Um, decent I to did, maybe good. That's a, it's a technical term, kids. It's a technical term. There's hyphens in there too. Decent to maybe good. <laughs> um, what was the middle one? Barometer. Um, what's that? barometer for success yeah what is your what is your kind of like your measure of success this year i think they're gonna win they better win eight or nine games that's my measure of success um and i and a disaster is a disaster is a loss on the plains in auburn a loss in ann arbor a loss against the high state at home Yeah, I think anything a disaster. I, I think a poor performance at Auburn would be a disaster. I think they're going to win down there. Like I, 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 I think they're winning nine games. Like they just should. Um, I mean, and I think that should be a, from a fan's perspective an expectation, right? Like if you if you're if you're investing this as much in your program, what's going on? Win nine games, um, at least, and then figure out how to beat Michigan and Ohio State. Um, so yeah. 
Steve, How about you? Is this, let me ask you this. This is season three of the podcast. Are we, are we having like a freaky Friday moment? Is that what's happening here? Because Why are you going to go negative? And I just, I don't want to be negative this year. I don't. Because last year was a negative year, for, especially even for me, it was a negative year. That being said, like my expectations aren't high this year and I'm not allowing myself to set my expectations high. I think a seven win season is very good. I think an eight win season is great. Like, I think that is, that is the, what I want is an eight win season at most. I haven't even looked at the lines in Vegas. I think I saw eight and a half, uh, which is fair. I think that's pretty much what it usually is for Penn state. To me, this year is a little bit less about the wins and losses and maybe more so about the maturity and the depth and the growth and the experience that you're going to get when you've got a recruiting cl- couple of recruiting classes coming in slash now on the roster that can probably do some damage here in 2023-ish, maybe hopefully in 2024, hopefully, definitely, um, you know, just looking at things on paper. I, is that, I is guess, that... but right, like I don't think it was. Do, do you think it was the, the lack of talent or the way people performed on the field that was the biggest cause for struggles last year? Was it the players? It wasn't necessarily the players. It was it was the, for the lack of better term, shitting of the bed at significant moments. Okay, so so it doesn't matter. I saw, so that's and what, that was players and coaches, right? So that's what makes me not want to wait till next year, right? And 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 I am fully immersed and born and bred and lived and breathed. Once every four years, your team's going to compete for the national championship, which means you can give up, you can put up with a couple eh years because every four years somebody's going to get a chance to play for something. And I appreciate the world has changed since then. But seven wins is not enough for what they're investing in this program. I mean, and I'm not that guy. I'm the guy that I would take, I'll tell you, I would take seven wins as long as I know we're not cheating and be that fan guy. But mm. you're investing a lot. I feel like they could win seven games by investing much less money and effort in what they're doing. Hmm. So that's why nine for me feels like what it should be. That's interesting. I don't know. I don't. And when I, I look at, like, if I look, I look at Purdue, that should be a win. Let's let's yeah. let's yeah let's run through this here. So Purdue, Purdue's that's win. a win for both of us, right? Ohio, Ohio. Ohio use a win. Yeah, Auburn could be interesting, but God, they just look should be should be a win. Right. So that's three. Central okay. Michigan's four. Northwestern's five. At Michigan. Okay, so five and one. Minnesota six and one. Ohio State. Uh, six I, and let me let me pause you on Minnesota. <laughs> that should be. You know what? Actually, I'm very comfortable with that being a win, mainly because homecoming whiteout. Yes, right. Yes. So Minnesota, Ohio State's now six and two. I mean, just because, right? Who knows? Sure. Even though it's home, Indiana's a win, right? Even sure. out there. So that's seven and two. A Maryland game's not going to be easy. I really don't think no. that Maryland game's not going to be is going to be I easy. Agree, I'm glad it's got, at home. Right, but now I've got seven wins. Through the start of November, I'm hoping I can go as a fan. I can get two in. Michigan State's very good, but you know, I'm sorry, Rutgers, even with Shiano, who is perhaps better than some other coaches who are going to be on the sideline during that game. 
I, <laughs> you know, I, wow. I still think they're better than them, you know? Wow. Well, he's had, he's, he has Tell had, us how you really feel. Okay, in fairness, he hasn't won a Big Ten championship, but he's not not as good as a recruiter, though. No, that's I know true. that that's, and, a, and that's I know important. that's a stereotypical part, right. but Shiano Shiano would be the perfect like co-coach to James Franklin. For all of the holes that James Franklin has, Shiano could could largely fill up most of the gaps. Right. I mean, of those, but of those three, the one that scares me the most is Michigan State, just because, just because I think he might have that program, perhaps finally going the right direction. But again, it was <laughs> they did it, they did it on the backs of transfers last year. That's right? what I was just so maybe say. they don't. And it's a home, it's a home Penn State game. They have to thank, you know, two days after Thanksgiving. You know, and that's a weird game, and that's a weird environment. But I think, I think, yeah. So I mean, I guess that's why I see now, and I'm just, you know, and even, I mean, I mean, I, even at the big house, like I mean, I just Harbaugh isn't some great. Harbaugh isn't as good as the coach. Harbaugh is equal or, or lesser than the coach who will be on the sidelines against him that day. And I just, he's just not impressive to me. Um, I'm glad they willed through it and had a great season. It was good for college football last year. But, you know, I feel like Penn State has nine-win talent. It may be young, but I would, as a fan, I would like to see them win those nine games somehow this year. And I know it won't be easy, but I guess it's I'm never easy. It's never there been easy. There you go. See, it's never easy. Has there, let me ask you this. Old guy, young guy, really. Second old guy, young guy, really. Let me ask you this. Has there ever been a season where you walked into the Penn State football season and you're like, they're going to be good this year, and I know it, and then they were good that year? And they you know, were good that year? Yeah. Like like the 80s? Yeah, 86, right? Like I mean, because they were once they were so good in 85, right? And everybody was yeah. back. So 86, and, and they struggled. Like that was – you were beating teams at the last minute and whatever else and crazy stuff to win games. Um, there have been times when I thought they were going to – like I thought when they were – what was it 90 when they were five and six? Like they had much better than five and six talent. They just were poorly coached. You know, they did they didn't put the young quarterback in. They they just they were poorly coached. Right. And even in the 2000, the early 2000s, like they had seven win talent when they were winning three and four games. Mm-hmm. They were just not poorly coached. Yeah. No, and I think even you know, 2005 in a lot of ways kind of proved that like. Because that 2004 roster wasn't terribly different than that 2005 roster. Just no, there were just some decisions there through those times and, and commitments to players that, that got playing time, and you're sitting there thinking, "Really? Yeah. You know, I can see the effort. They aren't responding. I mean, I don't, I don't think I can see X's and O's, but I do think a fan who's watching the football can see effort. Yeah. And I think chemistry plays to effort, and I think that that was some of the issues then. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I mean. I'm hopefully optimistic. I mean, I know what they've done in big moments in the past few years, which, which is why I'm not hope, totally optimistic, mm-hmm. um, but hopefully optimistic. Okay. That's good. I'm, I'm, I'm very surprised, Steve. I thought you were going to be like, off. see, it's three years of influence. Yeah, worst. this is bad. I no, I really thought that you were going to be on here. Like, oh, they're going to win four games this year. Oh no, they're going to win four games in the first five for sure. Okay. All right. If they don't, that's a disaster. That's fair. No, 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 I think anything below seven wins. Or I think maybe even seven wins is is a disaster. But yeah, I mean, it depends on how you get to seven. But yeah, yeah. Ooh, I'm tired. All right. Um, I'm sure we'll discuss more of the Penn State football season. I'm sure, we maybe we can get into some players next week. Might be good. Um, the quarterback issues and not issues, but 
battle sort of battle not as bad as the battle in pittsburgh right now who knows who's going to be the starting quarterback day one at this point um but i'm ready for old guy young guy steve you have a big announcement that you have welcomed a new member to the family would you like to tell everyone about your new yeah family yeah we're, member? We're, we're parents again it's like being a baby this house looks like a daycare center we've had one <laughs> dog seriously there's toys all over the place toys baby gates and whatever else with the addition of one black about one red lab puppy two days ago um so guinness joined us at nine weeks old we've seen him three or four times since he was born brought him home sunday so Guinness the Red Lab, who is 11 pounds and will grow to be, I'm sure, 80-some pounds. Guinness is, is, is probably already up to 15 pounds. He's going to be huge. He's grown in a couple of days. Um, not so big that he's not still afraid of the cat, or at least timid of the cat. But it's been a great addition. So very happy. Uh, how did you settle on the name Guinness? Uh, it was, let's see, how did we get there? We were in Ireland. He was born while we were in Ireland in June. So we started with Jameson. But Jameson sounds like Jasmine, who's already the cat. So that was an, a starter, but quickly got demoted. Okay. Then we came back with, gosh, some terrible plain old dog name. Like, I don't know what it was. I forget. It was Spot. just so bad. I, it was close. Pa- and, apologize to anybody that's yeah, yeah. named Spot out there. Spot's a great name for a yeah. spotted dog, but Guinness isn't spotted. And Danny was like, no, you can't do that. So she shot that one down. And suggest, I think she suggested and would appreciate being given the credit for suggesting Guinness. And we're like, okay, reddish, close in color. Guinness is, you know, Irish. We were going to go with the Irish name to begin with. So there we go. Um, And it doesn't match the cat's name in any way or whatever else. So we have been, we've been on Guinness. And then I read a book yesterday, a book of a vacation that was a a David Baldacci book who does a lot of stuff. And and one of the characters in his, his book had a dog named Guinness, which was kind of funny. Like I read it last Thursday on vacation two days before we picked up the dog. So Guinness it is. What a name. What a name is my second favorite beer. So maybe we'll slide it up on the rankings now that there's Guinness the dog. Um, I hope you at tailgates. You can come drink again. Uh, Guinness. Yes. Yes. Love this news. Let me ask you this. Well, it's actually your question, but I'm going to steal it. and I'm going to ask it. Steve, this week's old guy, young guy is, do you let your dog kiss you? <laughs> And do oh, God, you kiss yes. your dog? Oh, God, yes. Okay. Sorry. Like, I'm a good. No, that's great. This is why yeah, you're my like, po- a podcast co host. Loving. I mean, I might, might take dog to the store, but I'm big loving shoes and dog with them. Oh, that's right. I forgot you hate dogs. Never yeah, 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 exactly. But yes, I do. You? Of course. My dogs could do anything to me. I love my dogs. The dogs are my best friends. Um, yeah. I, there's been times where I've like baby birded food to the dog before. <laughs> well, I don't know if I'm there. God bless you. I love, I love my dogs. My dogs are my kids. Um, do you think Guinness will make a Home Depot run? No. No. No, he's going to the United Way opening event campaign cook-off tomorrow. It's an outdoor event in Center County, so he's going to go to that. But no, I'm just a, I'm sorry. Like, I mean, I don't disagree. <laughs> and I like, I think it's service dogs in stores. And the only thing he's going to serve is to make somebody happy. So he probably won't make a store run. That's not to say that his, his mom won't do that for him someplace, but I just... I was going to say, I feel like, I'm, I feel I'm like always afraid you, you won't be doing that, but I have a gut feeling that a certain yeah, other... Yeah, surprise that will play out in our household that way. Household member is going to be doing that. Um, 
That's it. That's all I got. Anything else you want to add about Guinness? No. Um, we're hoping to, uh, well, we'll sleep in the crate at least another night. We'll see. Are I'm you, sure yeah. promotion is coming to the bed. I was going to ask, are you letting, are you a, a letting dogs in the bed kind of oh, guy? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, okay. The first dog lasted, I think, one night when we were married 30 years ago, first night. And Susan was like, he's whimpering. I'm like, he'll be okay. He was in bed by the end of the night, I think, and then never left. Um, Guinness, for his protection, has been in the crate the first night or two to make sure the cat doesn't attack him. Uh, so when he gets the promotion to the bed, we may just have to watch any stalking by the cat at night, who is rightfully apparently protecting her turf. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, you'll, they'll figure it out. They'll, the cat will learn this is her part of the house, and Guinness will learn this This is the, his part pass, of the house. Pass yeah. in the hallway quietly while looking at each other. Two ships in the night, that's all. Exactly. All right. Well, this was a great episode. This was one of my favorite episodes, uh, mainly because we talked about Guinness, uh, the dog. Uh, But, you know, a Guinness, the beer episode wouldn't be bad either. Um, We have a podcast. This is season three of said podcast. We're very excited about that. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you don't mind, did make it this far. Five stars. uh, Thumbs up. All of that on your various podcasting services. we have an email, stuff summer says podcast at gmail.com. We um, have Twitter handles. Mine is at stuff summer says, Steve's is at Steve Samsel. Uh, other than that, uh, we've got two very exciting shows coming up. And Steve, I don't know if you know this, but football, like like important, meaningful football, starts next weekend. I know Not, that. I, that was like, it kind of hit me today. And I was like, wow. So I'm excited. That's I can't good. wait. I am, I'm excited for it too. So hopefully that excitement will last through several wins early in the season and keep us going. So that's great. Yeah. And then people will listen more to this podcast too. Exactly. So, all right. Have a good weekend or week, everybody. It's not, it's only Tuesday. So by the time you listen to this, we might have a weekend, but have a good, whatever it is. See you.